Welcome to episode 27 of the Bossy Bitch Podcast with your host, Elsa Mitchell. This episode is sponsored by the Elsa Mitchell Academy, which will be opening any day now. This is an exciting 12-month group business mentoring program for women that are looking to scale or grow their business and I provide you with the community you need and the foundations you need and the clarity you need in order to make the impact you want in your business. So if that's something that interests you, please be sure to shoot me an email at hello at elsamitchell.com.au. I'm super excited about this episode today because I chat to Haley Dawson, also known as the Rural Naturopath. And there's two reasons why I wanted to speak to Haley. Number one is because she lives in rural uh, Victoria. And I always love seeing businesses that are doing really, really well uh, when living remotely. And she lives on a property on a uh, farm and she's absolutely killing it. So that was the first reason. The second reason is. Because she works in health, and I think for many of us that live remotely and don't have access to all kinds of health resources and facilities and services the way people living um, in metro areas do, I find it really fascinating how someone can provide you with tips and information to improve on your health because when you live remotely, it's fucking hard to get fresh fruit and veg sometimes like I've been up in Kununurra and it's like holy fuck there's nothing left in Coles you know how the hell are you supposed to have a healthy diet when you can't even get your hands on fresh fruit and veg so I love chatting to her about how you can stay healthy and take care of your gut health and all that other stuff uh, whilst living remotely and well as well as speaking to her about growing her own business while living remotely because it can be done. I think you'll love Hayley. She's super inspiring and I hope you enjoy this episode. Thanks for listening. You're listening to the Bossy Bitch Podcast with Elsa Mitchell. Come along with me as I explore all the remote corners of Australia, uncovering success stories from women killing it in business. I'll inspire you, teach you, and best of all, make you laugh by sharing their journey and mine so that we can grow together in life and in business. Mom, have you seen my pants? Right, get out of here with the podcast. Okay, welcome to the Bossy Bitch Podcast with me, Elsa Mitchell. Today I am chatting to Hayley Dawson, uh, also known as the Rural Naturopath. And I've been following Hayley for a little while on social media, just quietly stalking from a distance, <laughs> as you do. And then I am so excited to finally get to chat to you today, Hayley. <laughs> I've got a bit of a cold, so... Um, I'm going to have a bit of a sexy voice for this podcast, so you guys are all super lucky if you're listening. Um, Hayley, thank you so much for chatting with me today. No worries at all. Thank you so much for um, having me. Now, you live in southern Victoria, is that right? Yeah, we live southwest Victoria. So if anyone is from Victoria, we live near the Grampians. Um, so it's a beautiful little spot there. We've got mountains and then we're only like an hour or 45 minutes from the coast as well. So we're really lucky to have the best of both worlds. 
That is really lucky, actually, because I know having grown up on a farm, the the coast was something that was always an epic mission to get to. So that's a huge win, having the best of both worlds. For sure. It's so nice to just um, escape whenever, um, whenever I need. Yeah, amazing. And did you grow up there with your family? Yeah, so I grew up um, the other side of um, our major town, um, so probably maybe an hour from where I live now, but still same community, um, went to school in the major town here. And, yeah, it's really it's a really nice spot. And I love that you've created a business, which is why I wanted to get you on here today, was to chat about your business, the rural naturopath, but then also you are living on a farm and working and contributing um, in that respect as well, it's almost like you have two jobs. Yes, I do. It is a juggle. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's really funny to think about it like that. Um, yeah, I so I am a naturopath and I have my own business um, as a naturopath, but we also live on my partner's uh, family farm and um, we work on that. And then my partner has a contracting business as well that I help out with. Um, so yeah, whenever I have free time, then I'm definitely um, helping uh, Lockie, whether it's taking meals out to the paddock or um, driving a tractor from one place to another or doing book work. I am, yeah, juggling it all. That's actually massive. I didn't even realise there was that third element of yes, the contracting business as well. I'm like, that is crazy. And what kind of farm is it, Hayley? Um, we are on a sheep and cropping farm here. Um, so merino um, wool um, mainly um, and some fat lambs as well um, and then some cropping as well. Same. That's the same as my family farm in Western Australia, sheep and wheat, although I do believe um, they have started to sell off all the sheep because they're going to try their hand at cropping, just solo cropping for a while. So we'll see how no that way. goes. <laughs> Um, Camille, I want to talk about your business, The Rural Naturopath, and it's something that drew me to you was watching you from the sidelines for a little while. And I know that you did some work with Camille Camp, who was someone that featured, one of the first people that featured on my podcast, and she lives up like in the middle of literally nowhere. We actually had to record the podcast twice because the internet (laughs) kept dropping out so bad. (laughs) And I love that You've created a business that is reaching rural businesses no matter where they are, not rural businesses, sorry, rural clients, um, no matter where they are. So can you just tell me a little bit about the rural naturopath and what you do and how you go about doing it? Absolutely. So um, the rural naturopath was kind of formed because I was seeing a lack of support for those in rural and remote areas. So a bit of a reflection for me, a little bit, I guess, Um, five years ago, so six years ago, I must have graduated from uni. And for the first 12 months or so, um, I was just seeing clients and, you know, just anyone, like whoever was coming in was coming in. Um, But I was seeing a real whenever I saw farmers or farmers' wives or people from rural areas or um, kids who grew up on farms, you know, those sort of people, 
they were the ones that like really lit me up inside and fueled my passion for helping those in rural and remote areas. And I guess it came from a couple of places is obviously me growing up in agriculture and on a farm and also studying agriculture while I was at school and stuff. And to be honest, like I wasn't going to become a naturopath. I was going to become an agronomist or something in like the <laughs> science field. So um, it was really, and I was working in the agricultural industry before I decided to study naturopathy. So um, it was really, yeah, it was really those people that were, I was relatable to them and they just really lit me up. So then after a little bit of reflection and time, I was kind of like, my business has got to change for some reason. Like I was just, you know, I don't know, that first 12 months, it's hard. Like you're trying to build a clientele and I just didn't know what, what, where to next basically. Um, and something had to give and I decided to embark on a mentoring program and it was really one of the best things for my business and it really helped me um, fine-tune my ideal client um, who I really, really wanted to help. Um, so I then rebranded and became the rural naturopath um, to really focus on helping those in rural and remote areas. And a big part of that is making them sure they're feeling supported, connected and empowered. So, you know, after that point, I was diagnosed with endometriosis and I had a, a laparoscopy and it was at a time when the farm was really busy. So I felt like I was just laying at home by myself when I was recovering. And although my partner was checking in all the time, but I had this like these constant worries going on in my head about, you know, fertility, am I going to be in pain the rest of my life? All of these sort of things. And I just didn't feel that support. Um, so that's why I really want to make sure that my clients really feel supported and connected um, and know that it's not just an appointment and then you see me in a month's time that we're always here to kind of support and guide you along the way it's not just oh you know I think sometimes when you go to a doctor or a specialist it's like you go to the doctor and it's one appointment and then see you later until you've got something else wrong like <laughs> journey yes. like it's healing's a journey um and it's not just one appointment and you're going to be better it's you we go through ups and downs all the time and I want to be there to celebrate my clients' really, really high highs, but I'm also there to support them through their lows as well. So I guess that's really where that support and connecting um, rural and remote, um, you know, that aspect of my business um, comes into it as well. So I hope that's answered your question. Sorry. Oh, um, no. I, I, I was, you, no one can see it, but I was nodding and kind of a little bit laughing the whole time you said that because I'm like every single rural person in Australia could have related to everything you just said first of all me I know for myself I just connect so well with other country people I don't know what it is I don't know why it's just like it's like you just instantly I don't know once you grow up in that country environment it's just like you all become kindred spirits which is why there's always that strong sense of community I think Um, and then also putting your health 
almost on pause, you know, like while you, if you're a farmer, like I know my dad had a tumor he needed to cut out of his neck. This is years ago. And it was like, oh, it's going to have to wait until after harvest time, you know? And that was, that's just normal. That's a normal mentality for anybody that lives in the farming or, you know, any kind of agricultural kind of world you do just put your your shit on hold for now or it's like sorry love you know we got to get this crop in um (laughs) we'll 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 get you you know get to you when I'm finished so everybody can resonate with that and then as well what triggers for me is you know I know like my brother's still on the farm he's on a sheep and wheat farm and (laughs) he's allergic to wheat and wool (laughs) (laughs) has been his entire life which is so random so he deals with all kinds of allergies and things like that but recently him and I've been having a lot of discussion about our gut health because I know it's become an issue for me and I know that it's becoming an issue for him but it's so the other thing and not to um you know um pigeonhole or stereotype country people by any means but quite often we all get quite set in our ways with a little bit of old school thinking so making changes on diet or taking new supplements and things like that I feel like sometimes it's a harder harder leap when you've been raised in such an ingrained you know bread wheat meat kind of culture so and as well having those limited resources available to you so for me I can be fickle I can go to the supermarket and go I'm going to try that gluten-free bread I don't like that I'm going to try the other one or I'm going to try all these different fruits and veggies you know and I can I can every day change my mind but when you're living in a remote town or a remote farming community you don't have access to all those same um you can't afford to be fickle like that. You can't go to the local store and there's a huge selection of beautiful, you know, nuts and vitamins and supplements and gluten-free breads. That doesn't happen. Yeah, Lockie and I were only talking about this um, last week. I'm sick of like going to the supermarket in town and, you know, you get at home and a day like or two days later or a day later, um, food is already off and it's come down. It was chicken that set me off, but I'm like, I buy it. And then you think like, because it's not marked down or reduced or anything, it will be fine. But um, yeah, it's the next day it goes off and I'm like, oh, like that's so frustrating. Um, So yeah. And just fresh produce as well. We just, it just takes yeah it just goes off so quickly and you don't get that um huge variety of things so I've gotten in a little bit of a um habit of cooking what's in the fridge on a weekend and freezing it into other meals so that we aren't wasting because I felt like we were wasting so much because it was just going off and we had this limited supply um so and it would just throw the whole week out because things were going off um so yeah that's my little little hack that I do at home myself now you have to be organized, don't you? Like we have my mum's gonna absolutely murder me for saying this if she, <laughs> if she listens. But we have a real joke when we go to the farm about what's expired and what's out of date and their their limitations yeah. <laughs> around expir- expiration dates on food are probably a little bit more than what mine are. And I'm constantly going, This is out of date. This is out of date and they're all like, Oh, it's still good, it's still good. <laughs> Yeah, but I can imagine that so many people must think it's too hard 
to make changes. So they probably are living with discomfort or health issues that they're just ignoring because it feels like it's too hard. They have to go to Perth or Melbourne or to actually see somebody and then what if it's multiple appointments and they don't have time to go back and forth or, you know, so I guess what I'm assuming is that you've created something that fills that gap for those people that maybe are thinking, oh, it's too hard, I'm just going to park it and not deal with it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I love the fact that, and I think probably the last 18 months with COVID and everything, um, telehealth has just become the new norm. So I definitely think that's benefited my business. But um, yeah, I think making it easy for people, it's so easy to to chat through Zoom or through um, FaceTime or a video, the video software that I use. Like, it's so easy. And and yes, country internet can be a little bit dodgy, but we're adaptable and we can make it work. And now that I've streamlined my business to seeing like a lot of clients online, it's so easy for the, you know, the client. Um, it's, you know, book online, get a link, you click the link, like you don't have to download any fancy um, software or anything. And the same thing with, you know, sending a treatment plan or, um products and stuff you know you can click and order it online and it's super easy so yeah I think like definitely taking away some of those excuses of oh it's too hard it's too far away the person won't understand she'll make me eat you know green smoothies or whatever it is um we've taken away a lot of those excuses like I've had people sit in their cars and chat to me when that, you know, they've been down the paddock, you know, it doesn't have to be at home sitting, you know, in your office, you can chat wherever and you can make changes with your health wherever and whenever. That's exactly right. And for me, I'm living in Perth and I go to the supermarket or I go to the local shopping center and there's an abundance of choices. And I'm just really guessing half the time. And I, I have I have a mentoring client myself at the moment who is a nutritionist. And it's funny because she comes over when we work together and I go, oh, I want to show you the latest stuff that I've bought. <laughs> and I get all like, oh, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous about what you're going to say. And she's like, why didn't you ask me first? And I'm like, I don't know. I just was like, you know, spur of the moment thought, oh, this is a good idea. And I spent 150 bucks on these powders. And she sits there and she goes, okay, well, this one, you need to stop taking that one. This one, you can keep taking. This one, and you know, I've been taking them all wrong. Um, so, again, even though we have loads of choice and available to us, doesn't mean we're always making the best decision. So, I guess at least when somebody living remotely or rurally comes to you, they're going to get proper advice they're going to get told this is what you can buy this is where to buy it from this is how you should take it and they're not just walking into a shopping center and trying to guess for themselves and they're getting that proper advice and not wasting money Mm -hmm. so in fact it almost is more beneficial coming directly to you and having that resource and that service available to them than it is for us in the city where we're just guessing and having the luxury of choice which actually isn't always the best thing yeah I always tell clients like if you're at the supermarket and you don't know what to buy or if you're overwhelmed please like send me a message or give me a call because I you know there's so many great companies that are really good at marketing certain products 
And I think like we can get overwhelmed and the marketing might be better than the actual product itself, right? Yeah. Um, so I'm always trying new things. Like when I went to a um, bigger town yesterday, I ducked into the supermarket and had to grab a couple of things. But I also like ducked down the health food aisle to see what was available there and, you know, what are new things out and like I grabbed a couple of protein bars to try and those sort of things. I'm trying them all the time. So I'm going to be able to tell you like what's good, what's bad, what tastes good, what actually works, you know, all of those sort of things. Like that's the field that I'm in. Like if you're worried about changing your diet because you can't have yogurt, well, I'll tell you the best couple of yogurts to try that are better for you than your vanilla yogurt or your strawberry yogurt as an example. So yeah, I I guess I'm in that field and I'm trying and I'm testing things all the time. So it it cuts out a lot of the the waste or the uh, money spent on things that I don't think is worth it for clients for sure. I think as well a lot of like I know for me so I'm assuming if this happens for me it probably happens for a lot of people people probably have that little bit of a fear of oh what if what if this problem is so much bigger than you know like they build it up in their mind like oh my god what if she tells me because we it is common for people to they go to the naturopath and they find out they're allergic to wheat to dairy to you know I don't know a whole list of things and so a lot of people I think are scared well, if yeah. I go to see the naturopath, she's going to tell me I can't eat all those things and then I'm fucked. What am I going to eat? I'm going to have to give up everything I love. So, you know, you be, it's like it's like for me when I'm um, mentoring businesses. Uh, businesses are scared to take on a business mentor because I think they think, oh, my God, what if I get uncovered as my business being this huge mess and it's not salvageable and I have to do all this work I can't want to do? It's the same kind of mentality. I think people probably freak out that, oh, my God, Haley is going to expose all these issues and it's going to be this huge mountain to climb when actually (laughs) it doesn't have to be that way. It can be just sort of baby steps, small changes that have such a massive impact and aren't that scary. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Like first and foremost, baby steps is the way to go. Um, If you're doing quick if you're seeing like really rapid, quick results, it's often not going to necessarily be long lasting. So I often would think about it as, you know, those um, diet shake, meal replacements and those sort of things. Those things, yes, you lose weight and yes, they work, but it's so rapid that when, as soon as you stop them, you will often put the weight back on and more. So mm-hmm. I think like making sure that it's that long-term sustainable way of changing your health rather than a quick, easy fix. The other thing that I want to say too, like when we have an appointment with a naturopath, the appointment goes for generally about an hour, right? So in that time, we talk about everything. We talk about your gut health. We talk about your hormones. We talk about what food you're eating, your stress, exercise, like everything. Yep. And then we'll break it down and you may think like, oh, my gosh, there are so many things wrong with me because we've, like, spoken about every aspect of your life basically. Um, But more often than not, they're all related to the one root cause. So instead of, you know, looking at, I don't know, um, 
different things. So let's use skin as an example. Instead of just focusing on your hormones and, you know, the topical stuff and facials and all of these things, it may just be coming back to that root cause of looking after your gut health first because we know if we look after your gut health, then hormones are going to start to improve, Mm -hmm. which is then going to, you know, help with your skin health as well and so on and so Like it's just this ripple on effect. So instead of thinking that we have to look after your stress, your gut health and your hormones, why don't we just work on the one thing first? Yeah. The other things may re- like resolve themselves because we've gotten to the root cause. But once we've gotten that those good foundations, whether that's gut health or whether it's hormones or whatever it is, but once we've dealt with the foundations and gotten to that root cause, you'll find that we may only have to deal with one other thing or nothing because we've gotten to that root cause, which is going to give you those long-term sustainable results. So although, yes, it sounds overwhelming, we break it down into really easy practical steps. And we break it down into actually that root cause. So it's not everything. And I always talk to my clients to be like, okay, these are the changes I want to make. How do you feel about them? Do you think you can do that? Are you someone that needs to be all in and just change every aspect? Or are you someone that needs a gradual change? Because we're all different. Um, And everyone's personality types are so different. Some want to go all in and others need to just gradually change things along the way. So that might be first and foremost, just changing their um, breakfast options, or they're just going to start by doing a 10 minute exercise rather than a 40 minute exercise every day. So it's always about those um, listening to the person and what they can do. Because there's no point overwhelming them and, and making lots of changes if it's not going to be um, helpful. Absolutely. I'm a gradual changer. So I was that person that was like, I would rather gouge my own eyes out than have to give up pasta. Like yeah. um, I could not give up milk in my coffee, you know, but I have started to make slow changes like giving up the milk in my coffee and now I can't imagine putting it back in. I know, and- it's crazy. Like we don't even <laughs> buy milk because my partner doesn't really have much milk and people think it's crazy, but I don't see another way. I've been on almond milk or oat milk or something for so, so long. It's like it is what it is now. <laughs> yeah, I was like almond milk, never. I will yeah. never drink almond milk. Now I have it in my smoothie. I have a tiny bit in my tea, uh, but I'm not a full. I still sometimes have a beer, or I still sometimes, um, I don't know. Last night I had some custard. Like you know, I still sometimes eat stuff. I'm not religiously converted, but I have made small changes on the daily um, that are having a good impact. And I think over time you make one change, and then a few months later you're like, okay that wasn't so bad. I'll make another change. Yeah. So I am definitely a gradual changer and I, <laughs> and I'm like, if I can do it, anyone can do it. Cause I know my brothers listen to my podcast before going, that's disgusting. Coconut yogurt, ugh, <laughs> like gluten-free, like this and that. He's like, I don't, I, I don't know how you're doing it. And I'm like, it's actually not that bad. Yeah. actually easier than you think. Yeah, and I think like making sure you're having that balance um, is so important that it's not going to be all um, 
you know, I always use green smoothies or kale salads because I think that's what people think, like that's the only picture of health. It's so not the case. Like if you yeah. can still have that balance, um, that you can still have that treat of, you know, a bit of cake or a bit of chocolate or something here and there, you're going to stay on track much better than being super restrictive because if you're super restrictive, Nine times out of 10, those people are then binge eating and then they're back to square one. So I would much prefer someone to have that balance, to eat those healthy foods most of the time and fill up on, you know, the meat and the fruit and the veg and the nuts and the seeds and those sort of things rather than just be really strict and then not have that those traits at all because that's when the binge eating and the come falling off the rails as you could say comes into it as well and it's just this vicious cycle if you do it that way I've found absolutely I think it's better just to slightly fall off the wagon occasionally yeah. like I do <laughs> um the other thing that I wanted to talk to you about Hayley was I love 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 and I think that all Australians are now on board with this more than ever. I love your supporting local. I love that you support other rural women and businesses. I, I'm all about it. I think definitely it's a country thing. I've always said that that the, the community spirit um, and I often when I'm traveling and running my workshops up in like Broome and Canada and places like that, I'm like, you guys do not realize how lucky you are to be in a small community because generally they're quite supportive. And I know for me, Whatever I'm posting on social media or my podcasts and things like that, everybody I grew up with in my uh, rural community of Condin and, and things like that, they are sharing all my stuff. They're very supportive. They're fiercely loyal and that is a gift. And I, But I really love how you are supporting others and I know you've got your own podcast as well. What's your podcast called, Hayley? Uh, the Rural Wellness Podcast. The Rural Wellness Podcast. And I know that on there you're using that as a platform to give back and um, promote other women as well, which is freaking amazing. Yeah, it comes like for the podcast, I think, comes back to um, a lot of people don't understand where they can get help. It's so hard in rural areas. They don't know that there's people out there that can help and support them. So if I can do a little bit to um, share other amazing rural health professionals or amazing people like producers growing awesome products that are really beneficial to our health, then um, that's one little thing that I can do because I believe in a collaborative approach. So not everyone is going to see benefit from seeing me, but there's so many people that they will build a rapport with and who can ask for help. So that's a really big aspect of the Rural Wellness Podcast. Um, but I just think some more supporting other rural business owners is just so important because I think what you give back you receive <laughs> as well so it's that I can't think of the name of the rule but you know it's if I, I know how hard it is to run a small business I know the time the effort and the love like that goes into it and yes you might be paying a little bit more to support those businesses but those small businesses are then going to support other small businesses and it just goes around and around. And the care that goes into certain products that I purchase, you know, from locally from a rural business here or whether it's online and other in a different community, like the attention to detail and the care is just 
second to none. It's amazing. So, you know, if that's one thing that I can do is to support rural businesses wherever possible. And, you know, I might like, you know, Victoria has been in so many lockdowns recently and I was looking at something online and I thought, oh, my local shop here stocks that. So I'll go in and I'll purchase it there rather than necessarily online. Yeah. And and just little things like that. Like I often will find something online that I like, but then I might be like, oh, that's stocked in this shop. So I'll purchase it through them because it's supporting small. That's, I call it being a good human. And I also tell people you get what you give. If you, you can't expect people to support your business. You can't expect them to engage with you on social media, be sharing your content, buying from you. If you are not out there doing the same for other businesses, if you're one of those people that just dump and run, oh, please come and buy my shit, support me, but you're not out there actively giving back to other businesses and community, then you can't you can't expect that to come back to you. So 100% agree with what you're saying. And I actually did want to ask you, not to sound like a wanker, um, but in WA, obviously we, <laughs> we're quite known for not having a lot of lockdowns because no one gets in, no one gets out. Um, but I wanted to speak to you about how the lockdowns are affecting you guys in Victoria because it's massive. I know you're in a rural community, so you're probably not feeling it as much as, say, the people are in Melbourne. But what has your experience been? Because it's been over 200 days of lockdown for many people in Victoria. And how's that impacting businesses? Yeah, it's hard. Like, I'll, in WA and like often New South Wales and stuff, they'll just shut down certain areas, but seem to be in Victoria that we've had this blanket rule of if Melbourne's in lockdown, all of Victoria's in lockdown, okay. even if it's got an active case or not. And then I think I did the maths. In the last month, we've had three lockdowns. So Melbourne, so we went into one lockdown and then we came out of that and that was all good. And then we went into another statewide lockdown and it was meant to be for a week. And then um, regional came out within three or four days or something. And then bang, again, we're back in lockdown. So it's so, it's up and down. It's so hard. Like you're just constantly um, pivoting and adapting. And I think it's wearing thin a little bit. And I feel a lot of exhaustion and just this, this one, I'm feeling like, oh, you know, it is what it is. Throw your hands up and be like, oh, we've done it all before. What's a little bit more? Um, but it is really hard to just constantly be adapting and pivoting. And um, I think, yeah, it's it's tiring, but it's, you know, it's really hard to explain, I think. Um, and I know there's so many businesses that haven't been able to get any support um, from any government grants or things like that. And I think, like just the changes that you've had to go through and be like, oh, I've got to change this now and I've got to change this. Like it's just so tiring and, yeah, pivoting all the time. So, yeah, it's really hard but I just think that's just what we've got to do at the minute and it's, yeah, I feel regional's been a little bit disadvantaged just because of we having the same rules as um, others and this little last lockdown that we're in at the moment you know, there's active cases in a regional town, I don't know, five hours away from us. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we're so far one side of the state, they're so far the other side of the state um, and it's, yeah, everyone's just affected. So it's hard but I am. I still have to say, like, I'm 
100% grateful for living where I live. We, you know, I've got so much land that I can go for a run in it mm. and not feel... Yeah, like you're cooped up. Imagine the people in Melbourne, you know, they're sitting in their apartment with their kids. Like it's freezing. They can't go outside. You can only imagine how much that um, just must be soul-destroying. Yeah, and I've always taken um, the approach that I'm always going to be really positive about it. And there was this great podcast that Mia Friedman did on No Filter with Hugh Van Kylenberg from The Resilience Project. And he spoke about um, the big lockdown in Melbourne last year where he used to go to this cafe and get a coffee some mornings and there was two different baristas. One who was like really negative and really down about COVID and everything like that and this other one that was very positive and not talk about, you know, the big elephant in the room. She would talk about, you know, how's your day going, the weather, what are you doing today, like all the other things. And I've always kind of got in the back of my mind that I want to be the happy, positive barista rather than that negative one because, um, yeah, I I feel like and even when I speak to some people, like I'm energised when they have like a really positive and happy tone. So I want to be that person that, want to be yeah I want to be make sure that my energy is rubbing off on other people in a really positive way rather than a really negative way and I'm honestly so grateful and lucky to be in a position where I am like you know Mm. I'm yeah I'm safe I'm yes um you know it's hard to change it you can't change it like it is what it is yeah I get it and I'm I, I'm going to say something that's probably going to make a lot of people want to punch me in the throat. And when this happened, obviously no one knew what was it was going to go on as long as it did. No one knew. And yeah. everybody did the best they can. But I owned a business uh, when COVID first started and I was one of those businesses that was down initially but then we were okay. And we got the government help. We got the job uh, seeker or job keeper or whatever it was, we got that support. And if I'm being real, <laughs> I feel like I'm going to get arrested for saying this. <laughs> Probably we didn't need it. Yeah. And I feel a bit sick about how now people really do need that. And it's up in the air as to what support they're going to get. And that must be frustrating. But I 100%, I've been so, so lucky. Um, which I think is why I've kind of been on the lookout for businesses that are impacted because I would love to hear someone that hasn't been so lucky. But it's true, we can't change it. And I think just doing the best you can and being a good human throughout it. I know a lot of businesses that have taken a hit and just still been supporting their clients. I know people that have been working for their clients for free, going, Mm -hmm. fuck it, we're all in it together. And that is going to come back to you later on. I know it's you suffer for a bit now, but if you get bitter and angry and no, I'm not refunding and not, you know, you're not working with your clients, that's, that's going to only end up to your detriment in the end. I think if we just suck it and do the best we can and still continue to give as much as we can during these times, then that's, you know, it's going to come back for you. But yeah. let's not de- dwell on the uh, lockdown too much. I wanted to discuss it, but I don't want to depress everybody and make everybody angry like I probably just did. <laughs> I have one last thing I wanted to speak to you about, Haley, and that was how to, I guess, you've done a really great job of growing a successful business, living rurally, um, 
out in the countryside in Victoria. And so there's a lot of businesses I'm seeing and it's great that social media now gives a voice to those businesses. I love that. I love that I'm seeing rural networks and communities popping up. So what advice can you give to someone that's possibly living super remotely or, you know, that is starting a business and they're thinking, oh, what chance do I have living all the way out here? Well, if you're passionate about something, then it's going to be successful, right? So when I graduated as a naturopath, I knew I was going to have to live on a farm and live where we lived because I was with my partner then and I was like, there was no jobs as a naturopath. But I was so passionate about being a naturopath. I was like, well, what are my options? My option was to start my own business. Um, And it was hard at the beginning, but because I was so passionate about it, I um, just kept pushing through. So I think a couple of things that have been really important for me is obviously having the passion, but also creating a set of values within your business that um, you can you know, kind of fulfill. So one of my values is really making sure that obviously I'm supporting those in rural and remote areas, but that comes back to like when I need support in my business, whether it's for my website or whether that's for advertising or marketing or whatever it is, then I try and find another rural business to help me. And that helps to build a connection, build a community and those sort of things. Um, The other thing is like mentoring and support is so important. And I think maybe even more important being a rural business because you don't necessarily have those people or friends that are, that understand running a business. Um, so making sure that having that mentor or someone or a group of people that can bounce ideas off and you can grow as individuals, um, like, you know, having that personal growth, growth, but also that business growth as well is so important. So I've spent a lot of money on business, um, (laughs) mentoring and masterminds and retreats and things like that. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, I'm not complaining and I'm not wanting that money back. Do you know? I feel like you just sold my business for me and it's going to sound like that I asked you to do that and we set it up, but 100%. I promise it's not not the case. We did not do that. Yes, because this is exactly what I do for my business and I love connecting with the rural communities. I do both. I have some in my mentoring group. I have people from Broome, Kununurra. Catherine in the Northern Territory and locally in Perth and I try and catch up one-to-one I do actually end up catching up one-to-one with everybody because I end up going to Broome at some point and we do a dinner I end up going to Kanana and and I I tell everyone even though it's focused on helping you put all the foundations in place for your business but it's it's about community and the friendships and relationships that come from that group is the best thing about the group. I I say that hands down. Even for me, I feel like I'm the closest of friends with everybody that has ever joined my mentoring group. I go to Broome now, go to Kununurra, catch up with them every time and they become friends with each other. And I saw last year, you know, my client from Broome going to Kununurra and staying with, you know, they never even met. but They became the closest of friends. And what you get from those relationships uh, it pays for the mentoring 10 times over because you end up getting new leads, new clients, you get sales within the group um, and you get really, really special relationships. And I am the biggest preacher of 
you are only as good as the people you surround yourself with. And I know if you're thinking, and it's not, this isn't just people that live rurally or remotely. There are introverts in Perth that work from home that are too nervous or out of their comfort zone to show up to something face to face. But there is so many great resources available now, like your business, um, that caters for that. So it's just being a little bit brave, I think, and investing yeah. in the right person for you. I won't be the right person for everybody. I swear like a trucker and I'm pretty uh, call a spade a spade, but then some people love that. There's lots of people out there, so it's finding who's the right fit for you. And thank you, you just literally <laughs> sold my services for me and well, that was not even planned. <laughs> yeah, you can listen to like any podcast or any articles that I've um, been interviewed for um that is kind of one of my big things but the last thing that I think is so important is for any business whether in you're in a rural or not is stay in your own lane so I was I've been working with someone um recently about some marketing stuff and she's like who are your competitors and I'm like I don't really know like I don't know uh. any other naturopaths that kind of do rural stuff like yeah they do to a little bit but like I don't care. Like the people yes. who want to work with me are going to work with me. And yep. you mentioned it before about the discovery, like not discovery calls, but um, not everyone's going to be aligned with you and that's totally fine. But yes. I offer discovery calls to my clients, which is probably similar to your business. Yes, I do. Well. And, yep. and they're just there to have a chat and get to know each other. And the biggest thing is whether they're, whether um, I feel like I can work with them, whether I want to work with them, whether they want to work with me, that's the important part. And if I don't feel that I can help them, well, I will point them in the right direction to another professional um, because they're, you know, you've got to be working with people you're aligned with because if you're not, then it's, it's not going to work. Absolutely. Absolutely. That question comes up a lot. Who are your competitors? And I hate it because I hate looking at what other people are doing because I'm like, not that I would intentionally copy anyone, but I think you see stuff and you go, oh, maybe I should be doing that. Or maybe it, I think it fucks with your head a little bit. So I don't like to look too much at what other people are doing in my industry. I just think I'm doing me. It's working for me. I like the way I do things. Maybe it's not the way everybody's doing it, but exactly what you just said loved it but just so, ask people, like instead of looking at other people I just don't see it's invaluable like asking um your followers or your um email list what do they want what yes you know, there's so many great polls and things that you can yes. do to kind of work out what they want and they're the people that you need to be pleasing not yep. your competitors 100 <laughs> percent. and a lot of people creating content and putting stuff out there um, for their, they don't even realize they're doing it. But we want to be attracting our clients, not our competitors. Yeah, it's not a pissing contest. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Haley, where can our listeners find you? I know I have lots of country people, and not what? just country people. But um, what is your website? Where can they find you on the socials? What is the best way to connect with you? So everywhere, I think it's the Rural Naturopath on um, Facebook and Instagram and Pinterest now. And my website is www.theruralnaturopath.com. And you offer discovery calls the same as I do. So if anybody wants to just have a little chat because they're not sure, then they can do that and it's completely non-invasive. It's not like when you put your name down um, at the gym and then they harass you for the rest of your life. 
sorry to the gyms that do that. (laughs) It is just a chat to get to know each other and see if we're the right fit, if I can help you or if, you know, I can't. And that's totally cool too. Amazing. Thank you so much, Hayley, for chatting with me today. No worries. Thank you so much for having me. It's been fantastic. And I'll pop all your details in the show notes for everybody listening so they can start stalking you the same way I have done for the last three years. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Bossy Bitch Podcast. I am Elsa Mitchell and you can find me at elsamitchell.com.au or if you'd like to meet my friends, please head on over to Facebook and I invite you to join our free group Bossy Bitch. Bossy Bitch.